And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, as well as our engineer extraordinaire, Nick the Geek, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. I am indeed, and we do indeed have a fantastic list of guests today. We've got a couple coming in that are going to knock your socks off. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial. So good to be here. So good to have you with us, listeners, for another hour of music on the David Bowers Awards. And we're going to kick things off with a, uh, well, it's kind of a, kind of a play on words. We're going to kick things off with The Doors music, only it's not the group The Doors. It's a gentleman by the name of Mike Sands, who is a Nashville singer-songwriter out of Stratford, Connecticut. You can put those together, and this is his brand-new release, just released today. It is called Doors. Here it is.
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shades of the 60s there, my, my old days in radio and before, and the, uh, the false ending where you, just when you think it's ending, it comes back again. I'm sitting here waiting, you know, is that going to end? I know, you, I know you were, John, because you haven't heard it. <laughs> Sit there. Wait a minute, that's not the ending. It's still playing. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of reminded me of, of, yeah, of, of the, uh, the, the Elvis song, and I, I'm having a brain fart on trying to remember what the name of the song was, but it fades out at the end and then comes back again. Uh, we're caught in a trap. Oh, uh, I don't know. Minds. Yeah, thank you, Suspicious Minds. Right. And it does it at the end of that, too. So, yeah, yeah. that's... He's like, <laughs> well, oh, he's pulling an Elvis. <laughs> Back in the late fifties and early sixties, that was a uh, that was a favorite trick that was used, probably overused in some cases. But uh, there were a lot of, uh, uh, relatively speaking, there were a lot of uh, hits that were using that little gimmick of the fade out and then boom, they'd come back. And some of them were a lot more aggressive than this one. I mean, they would fade out almost completely and then boom, they'd come back and hit you. And uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it, yeah it I remember that to, well. Absolutely. It, it was a it trend, yes. Preview these new releases, and uh, I didn't always, as I'm sure. I'm sure most everybody in radio had that happen to them at one time or another. But anyway, uh, that's uh, Doors by a guy named Mike Sands, and that's his new song and video, which is out everywhere. Uh, you can find it on YouTube as well as all the uh, all the known and familiar places online. And uh, not an awful lot we could find out about Mike Sands, but I did find out that uh, on this song, uh, the featured studio musicians are uh, Jerome Guzman, Matthew Downey, Michael Panaccio, Jarrett Weiser, Samantha Smith, and it was recorded at Mirror Tone Studios in New York, mixed and mastered at Grey Wolf Studios in Nashville. And, of course, it was released through Megalith. Nashville Records. The video was done by Shelby and Conquest. So there you go. You've got all the information. You can check it out. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think of Doors by Mike Sands. Speaking of Doors, how are things in uh, John Bon Jovial land this week? Well, you know, pretty much, uh, I guess, what you would refer to as SOSDD. Uh, I'm not really going to get into what the acronym means. Same old stuff, right. This is, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, same old stuff. Yeah, that's it. You know, for the, uh, you know, the, the G-rated version. Uh, but uh, it, it looks like uh, the summer has broken, and uh, it, it is, um, well, no, I should say maybe winter has broken because of the fact that it's... Um, just bizarrely hot for this time of year. It's supposed to be in the uh, mid to upper 70s for this time of year. And I think three days in a row now, we've gotten to 88 degrees. And all the locals, myself included, we're just kind of, you know, grousing, like, no, oh, come on, no, <laughs> not again, you know. So. <laughs> but, well, uh, hey, you know, uh, it, it was our choice that we made to live here in the swamp. So, you know, we, we, we made the bed, we lay in it. Yeah, and uh, in all truth and fairness, you do have some nice weather during the off season. But it's a it's a good thing you oh, yeah. used you used summer is broken, morning is or uh, summer and winter, and not said morning is broken because that would have been copyright infringement. It's broken. Yeah, and, and yeah. I I have to laugh every time I see uh, a complaint of copyright infringement, and and you know I'm sensitive to it. I feel for the artists, 
But the thing that really bugs me is you hear all of this where a label or an artist or someone is suing somebody for copyright infringement, but then the poor sucker isn't making anything off the copyright anyway. He's making pennies off the copyright. You know, come on, give right. him a break. If you're going to hold them to a copyright, pay the sucker. Let him make some money off of it. The money, it, it's in, for, the, for those of you who aren't familiar with the record business, the money you make off of records doesn't pay for making the records. The only way you make money in the business anymore is on the personal appearances, on the road tours. And that's why you have artists that are really seriously hurting as bad as anybody else in the country is hurting from this last year of the the COVID-induced lockdown and paralysis. Uh, I mean, these artists are out there starving to death. And I know a lot of artists that are doing a lot of crazy things. Uh, you've got artists that are out there driving for those, uh, you know, those independent driving cab type companies. Uh, you've got them working in, uh, you know, your your quick stop stores, and it's it's crazy. Uh, they are really killing. And of course, they're writing and producing in their spare time. The the one good thing that I think has come out of it is it has brought out the creativity of these artists more than it would have if we hadn't had all that downtime, but they are really struggling. And, and even, and I even feel some of them. the weird jobs that, yeah, some of the weird jobs that they get to try to, you know, fulfill their, you know, bank account obligations can also lead to uh, an inspiration to a song or yep, a, an album. Uh, and, and uh, as, as infuriating and as maddening as it might be, I know that myself personally, uh, I think the singularly weirdest job that I've ever had was not in the radio business, which I've spent many years in, but back in 1969, 1970, I drove a cab in Miami. And boys and girls, you want to talk about some strange <laughs> crap that goes on in the backseat of your, of your taxi cab. Holy moly. <laughs> I can believe that, especially now. It's probably ten times worse than it was back in the day. Uh, I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I could remember yeah. when I would have, would have thought of doing that. I don't think I would think of do, driving a cab in today's society. There's no way I would do it today. There's no way I'd let my kids or my grandkids do it. It is just way too dangerous. But back then, you know, it never occurred to you that somebody might conk you over the head and steal, you know, your small roll of cash that you'd it really you know, that, yeah. that you'd garnered over the evening from from your rides and and, and or the whole car. You know, thank goodness it never happened to me. I know guys that it did happen to, though. I'm not surprised, but uh, that's uh, that's the way the way of the world we live in. And uh, right now, the way of the world we live in is music, and we're about to have a couple of great guests. We have uh, we have Richie Dave uh, Porter, who has been with us before, and we played his music, and he's coming back with some new music, one of which we previewed here a couple of weeks ago, and his new singing partner, Deborah Susan. They'll be joining us in just about to four or five minutes right after we listen to Richie Dave Porter's You've Got the Blues.
You've got the blues. Richie Dave Porter along with Deborah Susan Richie. Come on in here, Deborah. Join us and uh, say hello to the people. Hi, everybody. This is Richie Dave Porter with Deborah Susan, and we're saying a big hi from the UK. Hello. Hello there. So glad you guys could be here with us. And I remember the last time you were on the show, Richie, one of the things that we noticed was you're such a such an interesting person to talk to, and you've got so much to say that one of the last things I remember saying was, uh, hey, the time has gone by. We could have spent an hour. Well, today we're going to give you the whole hour, so we should be able to cover some uh, wealth of subjects here, not the least of which is your newfound singing partner, and uh, that's a story that's waiting in the wings to tell. But let's first tell us a little bit about what you have been doing uh, during this uh, this. COVID situation. I know you haven't been able to get out touring. What have you been doing? Well, a lot of very cool things have happened during the, the epidemic or pandemic. Um, um, well, basically, me and Deborah got together um, and I invited Deborah around for coffee after watching a lot of her videos of her singing. And she was also singing opera, which impressed me. Oh, and Deborah came around for coffee. And I'd written... Um, at, at the riffs and the chord structures for one hell of a ride. So basically, I, I had a new Telecaster. I fell in love with Telecaster guitars. Oh, yeah. And uh, I played the riff on the Telecaster through a Marshall amplifier with no effects and the whole song, mm. and then said to Deborah, see what you can do to this. And then I was <laughs> very, very impressed because Deborah um, immediately came up with the melody, the lyrics, Straight away, um, I thought, wow, this is something else. I mean, I could have auditioned 100, 200 different singers and not found that sort of magical chemistry. Absolutely. Because, you know, and, and the chemistry was there. And also, something that's fantastic is that um, I can concentrate on just writing and playing um, the Telecaster and handing over vocals and melodies and all that to Deborah, who sings far better than I ever could, so I can concentrate <laughs> on just being a guitar hero. Which is probably just as well, because I can't play the guitar. Hey, <laughs> so it sounds like... Well be <laughs> it sounds like a perfect partnership. It also sounds like... Uh, uh, you know what? I think I can take my notes and throw them away, because you just answered my next two questions, which was oh, uh, bless you. encompassing... <laughs> I want. I was going to ask you about Deborah Susan and tell us how you met and everything, but you already did that. So now we got to figure know, out something else to fill the time. Let everything out of the bag. <laughs> That's right. I mean, um, so we had this first. Um, we had the first rehearsal when when we mm -hmm. first met, and we literally spent most of the afternoon um, writing and going over and over again. One hell of a ride. And then obviously I got in touch with Michael Tingle, my producer, and we recorded one hell of a ride and Michael played the drums. And, and as you know, Michael, yeah, Michael produced and engineered the first five albums. Um, and then he, he's been producing the Richie Day Porter with Deborah Susan singles. So um, it's fantastic to work with Deborah. And obviously I'm in a relationship with Deborah 
Right. So we're amused. It's the whole thing, isn't it, yeah. really? I mean, yeah. as I say, well, we're sort of very lucky just to have the whole thing, really, music and to be involved exactly. with each other on a personal level. Like, Absolutely, perfect, really, isn't it? You guys, you guys, <laughs> yeah. really, you can, you can sense how well you work together just by the way, the expressiveness and the way that you blend the music and the, and the well, blend the guitar playing and the voice into the song. It's, you, you can tell there's, there's no real effort as far as working together. The effort is only in producing Never. the finished product. And I'm going to take a second yeah. here, Deborah Susan. I want to ask you, since this, you know, kind of uh, evolved rather quickly with the coffee and then, you know, going into the studio and and seeing the basics of this song, tell me, what did you think of this guy at that point? Oh, well, I I thought he was absolutely wonderful. I mean, we'd we'd been friends on Facebook um, Mm -hmm. for quite some time, I think for about five or six years because obviously I'd been involved with music as well and I'd watched what he'd done. But I must admit, I didn't think for one minute when we agreed to meet up, I didn't imagine for one minute that it would have taken me to the places it's now taken me to. And and to be honest, it's been such a roller coaster over, over the last three to four months, hasn't it? Writing music yeah. and getting together and getting things produced and, and to have sort of singles out on the radio. We've had three singles. I mean, for me, it's absolutely fantastic and again I wouldn't swap it the world he's great to work with you know he's he's a marvellous guitarist and we have such a lot of fun don't we in sort of writing and recording stuff so yeah so for me it's been an absolute roller coaster but something I wouldn't change for the world it's it's absolutely brilliant and we just want to make more music don't we and write more songs and just carry on doing it yeah well I sure hope you do I sure as heck hope you do because <laughs> the stuff you're doing so far is just knock your socks off. Good, John Bon Jovial, come on in here. I know you want to get into the conversation. Jump in. Well, sure, Richie, Deborah. First of all, you know, welcome to the show. We are so glad that you're here and and to uh, you know feature your music, which you know from what I've heard so far is just so excellent. Um, this is the first time, this is the first time I've heard you've got the blues a couple of weeks ago when we did feature, uh, one hell of a ride. Uh, I, you know, that's when I got to hear that for the first time and have since listened to it a couple of times. And I really, really do like what you've put together here. But my question, I, I guess is, I don't know if, if it's a generic go-to question that you ask all rockers or if it's, uh, more unique, but this is actually for both of you. Uh, musically, obviously the two of you have, uh, made a connection with each other and you are able to bounce ideas off of each other and, and produce something that is tangible and good. But if you throw love into the whole aspect of this, how has this other than the physical electricity between the two of you, how has this affected your music writing and creativity um well deborah's probably the best to answer that because when i write the riffs and the chords um i don't have any lyrics or words in my head i mean i i I literally pick up the guitar and deborah watches me rehearse on the telecaster through the marshall (laughs) and i'm just coming out with um 
really hard rock blues riffs and chord structures and then I'd literally turn around and say well what what do you think you can put to this yes I mean I mean the only thing I think I can say on that is it's definitely you know it definitely enhanced the whole thing because right from day one even when we were doing a little jam in here we sort of had that immediate chemistry and I think if we weren't personally connected in that way I don't think we'd have the same level of chemistry so to me it's definitely enhanced it it gives me you know it's given inspiration to write lyrics because of things that have happened in my life or it's given me ideas but very often when Richie plays something like like we've, we've written we've recently written one called Another Shot of Whiskey and the riff was done in such a way that I could imagine that like being in a bar where it was a glass after glass after whiskey without wanting to sound like an alcoholic. But, right. but it sort of, it's like, it sort of up those images. So very often what he plays, I then write the lyrics on the basis of what I hear. That makes sense. But I would definitely say that our personal relationship has definitely enhanced the songwriting. Yeah. And it's made us, because of the chemistry. I think it's made it, it made it really exciting. I mean, when you listen to tunes it. like yeah. Hello Blues and the new single Sweet Treacle, they're just like really dirty, hard rock riffs. And mm-hmm. the lyrics and the melodies, I think, that Deborah has done are just fantastic. I mean, Deborah has full say and full control over melodies and lyrics, and I have full say and control over riffs and chord, yeah. chord structures and solos. But it sort of works between us, doesn't Which it? Which works fine, yeah. So it we does. co-write everything. It does. Well, you know, the reason why... Yeah, the reason why I asked the question, and 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 this this um, it, it reminded me of a couple in music that uh, probably 180 degrees of rock and roll. And while I hope and pray, and I truly mean that, that the end result of your collaboration does not end the way theirs did, I'm thinking about George Jones and Tammy Wynette. And right. while their relationship was, you know, ended in disaster, and I, and I really, from the bottom of my heart, I, I truly, truly hope that this never, ever happens to you guys. But I, when they were together yeah. collaborating, their influence on each other was so dramatic, and the magic. product was so superb. It was magic, as David just said, yes. Yeah. It's not so, it's that, that special now, energy in Oh yeah, and and that's you know that that's what I'm, I, I detect that in at least from what I just heard of you've got the blues, and then of course one hell of a ride from a couple of weeks ago, uh, you can tell that there is that, that that there is a good magical collaboration there. Yeah, now that's what I was yeah. I was referring to. You can you can you can hear it. You can sense it. The fact that you're not just two musicians doing a duet you are two people who are together yes yeah got that raw energy and passion hasn't it which i think it's it's because we're sort of connected absolutely and uh, richie richie you referred to it the fact that you're just doing plain raw dirty rock blues and that well i have i have a quick aside and then i want to ask deborah susan but uh I have to admit to you that when I <laughs> I pulled a it's kind of a funny when I introduced the song uh, one hell of a ride a couple of weeks ago when we previewed it on the show uh, I neglected one thing at the beginning I neglected to mention to the audience or even to John Bon Jovial that uh, you had you had uh, paired up with Deborah Susan and I introduced it as one hell of a ride by uh, Richie Dave Porter 
And then you go into it, and all of a sudden you hear this female voice, and that's when it struck me. You know, you dummy, you should have prefaced this and warned the people. (laughs) So you know, it was a case of now. How how do you like how his how do you like how his voice has changed? (laughs) But (laughs) when you talk about the demoing, it was obviously successful. But I wanted to ask you now, Richie mentioned the fact yes. that you are classically opera trained. What I would yes. like to know, what I would like to know is how did you find yourself going from the classic <laughs> opera to the hard rock blues? Yes, I know. Well, well, it's certainly entirely different, isn't it? I have to say. I mean, I, I, I had had a vocal. Yes, I'd had a vocal coach from about 2011. She's an ex-professional opera singer, marvelous lady, and I trained under her for about ten years. So the background was opera training and musical theatre training, and uh, and I was also in, in a choir, believe it or not, at, 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 at you know a number of years back. So obviously, that's completely different to this. Um, after that, I joined a couple of bands, um, and then I, I, I was in a band a, a few months back, which I've now left in order solely to concentrate on this with Richie, which obviously seems to be going a, a lot further. Um, so it, it, so basically, it, it was just sort of a, a natural progression. But as I say, when I initially met him for coffee, I wasn't expecting it to lead to what it's led to, you know, and I wouldn't have even suggested it at the time because he was already an established artist in his own right. So it's not something I would have even suggested. It's just that we tried, we just jammed yeah. something out, and it, it just worked, didn't it? Well, I, I feel I'd gone as far as I could have gone with um, the five albums of mostly acoustic with some hard rock blues tracks. And I had a discussion with um, two journalists that I know very well that I class as friends, and that's uh, Stephen Harrison from Blues Matters magazine, mm-hmm. who's seen me perform and give me great reviews and, and Jeff Scott from Blues in Britain magazine and I said to both of them they said well what's next Richie where do you where do you see the next mm-hmm. album and I said well I'm gonna have a break I said because I feel I've done everything I can possibly do with acoustic instrumentals singing a bit of hard rock blues and I I need to take stock of where I'm gonna go next um, and I also was getting to the point where I, I didn't want to sing anymore I just wanted to concentrate on on, on being a guitarist, or, or as mm-hmm. many people think, a guitar hero. And then, um, so I told them this, and then you know, I think some people were thinking, "Oh no, he's going to quit music," but I wasn't. <laughs> I was just really, I was just filled. With, yeah, I was filled with just loads of new inspiration because I'd bought myself three new Telecasters, <laughs> and um, mm. I fell in love with the Telecaster. And to me, yeah. after twenty odd years of playing Gibson guitars. I just I just fell out of love with Gibsons. I mean, they're great guitars, but I fell out of love with them. And as soon as I played the first Telecaster, I was playing mm-hmm. with a new fire and a new spirit, and I was playing riffs and solos like I've never played before. And and then when Deborah came along, everything just got better and better. <laughs> well, that is very obvious, and we're going to go ahead and give the audience another sample we're going to play the track that we played a couple of weeks ago to introduce your new voice and here it is here is richie dave porter with deborah susan on one hell of a ride excellent thank you
Dave Porter, Deborah Susan, one hell of a ride. You're, you've got a pretty good ride started because from what I've heard you two put together so far, hey, if you just keep building on that, you got a hell of a ride going. Definitely. It, it, it's, it's like when we did, um, when we first got together, 
I said, basically, Deborah, what I want to do is hard rock blues, riff-based rock music with some rock ballads, some bluesy stuff. And I said, I want it. I want the first few singles to literally be like a like a punch in the face or a hit yeah, over the head the in the same mm-hmm. way that in say for example in 1968 when led zeppelin one came out it, mm-hmm. it had that yeah. same sort of that sort of impact where you heard good times bad times and it was like wow and i wanted one hell of a ride to have the same effect yeah. where as soon as you hear that riff you think this this rocks yeah you well you know you you guys just mentioned something that is near and dear to my heart, and a lot of people disagree with me. But you mentioned uh, Led Zeppelin one that came out in 1968, and I personally think that's the best thing they ever did. That was his absolute masterpiece. A lot I of don't people think are they were ever able. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they've ever been able to come up to the level of that very first record that they ever did. It was just mind-boggling. It was it was amazing, wasn't it? Even to this yeah. day, Led Zeppelin yeah. one is still one of my favourites. And to be honest, some of Deborah's favourite Led Zeppelin tracks are on they that play. album, such play. as mm-hmm. Deborah really likes tracks like "You Shook Me" and "Can't Quit Your Baby," the really bluesy ones. And obviously, oh, yeah. Deborah yeah. likes whole lot of love of Led Zeppelin too, of course. Especially the outfits they wore on stage as well. <laughs> yeah, the image was right, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah, they were like, brilliant. They, they kind of got it all, all together there. Yeah, absolutely. There will there will never be another another band. Um, I, in my opinion, as majestic and powerful and creative as Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and obviously, as you know yourselves, when I've spoke to you before, the the biggest influence on me as far as guitar playing is Jimmy Page because he was mm-hmm. great on electric acoustic, and he had a great mm-hmm. stage you know, presence. And then. Yeah, you're you're talking you're talking about luminaries of the business. Jimmy Page being one of them, of course. The Yardbirds. That was another band that was you know paved the way for so many others. And and then you have to go back even further than that, and you're talking about the James Cotton Blues Band and the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. I mean, this was yeah. just some amazing stuff that came out of the '60s. Well, it's, it's and I had it's, um, it's I had a bit, as I got I had a bit of that um, feeling. Have you heard of Top Topham? He was the original guitarist in the Yardbirds, Sanderson Topham. Yeah, you're going back on that one. Mm-hmm. We're good friends, and he, he messages me a lot and congratulates me on my success. And, and it's amazing that when I was growing up, I was listening to the Yardbirds, Led Zeppelin, and now I'm friends with um, the original guitarist of the yeah. Yardbirds. <laughs> That's got to be a great feeling. That's got to be a great feeling. But i got to tell you, uh, this is something that history will judge. I'm not going to try to be the judge of it, but I am going to say that the, the comparison to the hit, you mentioned, you know, slapping your side of the face. You wanted the first few tracks to be a rap side of the head. The, the combination of when I heard you with your guitar work and Deborah Susan jumping in with the voice work, it was similar to the first time I heard, uh, it was similar to the first time I heard Janis Joplin. It was that type of a hit. So I think it's safe to say that you did accomplish what you wanted to there. You know, I, I know that, you know, there's nobody who's going to try and compare anyone to Janis Joplin or anything like that. But the the feeling, the, the situation, the emotion you got when you first hear that tear out at you, 
is the same. It's the slap side of the head. You know, it's like, go ahead, hit the side of the head with a two before and I get my attention. That's awesome. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, when you, when you, when you hear the first, the first minute of one hell of a ride, it, it really is like a slap in the face, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You, accomplished, very... you yeah. accomplished what you set out for. Now, now that you've gotten this firm foundation, and I think it's safe to say, if nothing else, you have got a solid basis to build, you know, uh, a, a your own little dynasty there. I mean, let's say, Let's say you do turn into a, a Led Zeppelin or a Joplin or some kind of institutional uh, music basic like that. What's the next step? Where are you going to go from there? I'm not going to be your uh, I'm not going to be your reporter friend who uh, who pushes you in one direction or another. But I am curious. What do you got in mind? Where are you going to take it next? What we're going to do? Well, well, recently we've signed with Ford. Full W1 agency, which were a worldwide rock and blues agency management. Um, basically, we have full control over our music. They, they don't Great. interfere with any songwriting or what to do. Because I'm very much like Page in that way. I'm very Jimmy Page in the way that I'm kind of a control freak over the music. It, it has Good. to be done my way or not at all. And I, and I don't budge on that. I'm literally like, this is the song. This is how it goes. This is what's getting released. This is it, you know, because I've been around a long time and me and Deborah are going to do it our way. But the management for W1, we recently joined with them and they manage Elvis Presley's oldest daughter and they were managing my good but late friend, Joseph Morganfield, who was Muddy Waters' son, and he passed away recently, which was very sad. Um, And incidentally... Joseph Morganfield has passed away. He was a huge fan of what me and Deborah are doing, and he he'd invited us to do some stuff with him, like some music. Mm. So we were very sad, very devastated when he passed. Because sure. I literally spoke to him. I spoke to him the day before he died. You know, That's which was which was horrific. And basically, what Joseph said to me was he wanted to do some some more rock based music, where mm-hmm. I did the guitar solos. And um, it would have been like what his dad did with Johnny Winter. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, but the important... Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's just one of those what-could-have-happened stories, you know what I mean? But the important thing is we've recorded... Deborah and me have done three cracking hard rock singles now. Mm-hmm. And I can say that the fourth thing, the fourth single will be our kind of... Rain song equivalent. We're gonna we're gonna release the the fourth single. Will be called Broken Dreams, and that's um, more of a ballad. It's, isn't it's it? kind of rock ballad, um, mm, and okay. it's a really beautiful one. And then after we've released that, we're gonna release something called Another Shot of Whiskey, which is <laughs> a, which is another hard rock riff based rocker song <laughs> well you've got, yeah, you've got me in eager anticipation here so i'm i'm just waiting yeah, for the <laughs> i'm just waiting for you to come over with the bottle and pour another shot because i'm ready i, and I, I do well, you know with, with, with a title like yeah, that you better awesome. rock the hell out of it <laughs> Damn, I, I do i mean we want to hope you'll get a and then do an album you'll get the copy well, of the music to us so we can we can share it also for some reason, you're breaking up there. I, I don't know. It's probably the yeah, transatlantic yeah, phone call. That's all right. <laughs> there you are. Okay, you're there. We're here. We're here. 
Fantastic. And we are going to get to the, uh, for the audience's, uh, for the audience information and relief, we are definitely going to get to that third track, uh, Sweet Treacle, which will be coming up here in just a very few minutes. But uh, we want to squeeze all the information in we can while we've got you here, because we don't often get a chance to sit and talk for an hour with uh, any of our guests. And I, as I said, I remember you were one that we said that wish we had longer to talk to. Now, you've already outlined what you've got coming up as far as music. Now, assuming, yeah. and this is, a, this is a leap of faith, but assuming we can start putting this, uh, this uh, COVID thing behind us soon, are you planning on doing any, any touring, any live shows once yeah. the door is open? I mean, what yeah, I mean, yeah. I can tell you this. What we've discussed with, with 4W1 Agency is that as soon as this epidemic is over, we're going to be touring and gigging and recording nonstop. That's all we're going to be doing um, because that's what we've that's what we've already planned that's to what do. We want to do awesome. So we'll be doing gigs as, and we'll be doing gigs as a full band, and um, it's just going to rock. I mean, I we rehearse daily. I mean, as I've said to you before, I'm such a an, an experienced professional as far as guitar playing that. I rehearse daily anyway, and with Deborah, every time we're together, which is most days of the week, we rehearse every single day, every single song we've written, um, mm-hmm. and we're real sticklers. For that. And keep standards up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the only way to maintain standard. If you're going to be an artist and you're really serious about it, then you have to put the work in. Yeah, you? I, you know, I mean, I grew up on Led Zeppelin and Queen, and those were bands that had incredible musicianship and they worked hard to be Absolutely, the best and yeah. I'm, I'm not saying i'm not saying we're the best but i'm saying i feel we want to try to be the best i say be, we're the best they? we are yeah, at so. being ourselves yeah and you put your best on the line every time you step up to the recording session or to the microphone or every time you pick up the telecaster and it shows you can hear it john bon yeah. jovial is just jumping to get in here with with something what you got john well, you had mentioned, uh, Richie, uh, something that I wanted to ask you if David didn't get around to it, and that is uh, touring. Uh, when the pandemic is behind us and, and life can get back to some semblance of normality, uh, I, I would imagine that you'll be touring around the UK, but what about going over to the EU? Are you going to be uh, touring over there? And, and are there any plans to eventually come over to the United States? Yes, there is. I mean, mean, 4W1 have um, a division of them in America as well. Awesome. Um, UK and Ireland. So basically, it's worldwide. And and as soon as this this horrible epidemic is over, we're going to be playing everywhere because that's all we want to be doing for the rest of our lives. We're we're planning on touring the USA. We're planning on touring UK, Europe, everything, you name it. You know, we we want to just... Take your notepad if you would. Take your notepad if you would, and write down Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and, and keep that on. Uh, keep that in mind for when you get over here, because I'd love to get to see you in person. Oh, that, oh, that'd be that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Awesome, it? wouldn't it? It's supposed um, to be very warm in Arizona as well, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, if you get here, if you get here between uh, <laughs> June and October, yeah, it's going to be really warm. Is putting it mildly, but then the rest of the year, from October, from about mid-October until April, 
it yeah. is mostly beautiful. Sometimes it's beautiful cool, sometimes it's not so cool, but uh, it doesn't get up into the hundreds that time of year, and most of the time it is really pleasant and beautiful. You'd certainly like to come and visit, wouldn't you? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely. Love to have you. It'd be a great way of getting away from England in the winter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, play for your live as well. That would be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, I would, I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, before we run out <laughs> yeah, of time, just, go ahead. Yeah, so we just want to get out there and rock constantly. Absolutely. And I don't think we're going to stop until we have our own jumbo jet like Led Zeppelin. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> there you go. Okay, before we run out of time, I want to give you. I want to do two more quick things. One, I want to give you a chance to do some self promotion. Tell the people how they can find you, how they can get your music, how they can buy your music, and then I've got one more thing for you. Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, basically, to all, all of the Richie Dave Porter and Deborah Susan singles are available on Amazon and on iTunes and on Spotify. So one hell of a ride. You've got the blues, Sweet Treacle. They're available on iTunes and Amazon. I think Sweet Treacle's coming out very, very soon, within a few days or a week yeah. um, on Amazon and iTunes also. And obviously there's the official website, www.richiedaveporter.co.uk and um, that has you know all previous releases all the Richie Dave Porter Deborah Susan releases and obviously Richie Dave Porter on Facebook on Instagram on Twitter it's all there so all the usual places Okay, we've got about 30 seconds. We've got about 30 seconds left here. I want to give that to you to tell us about this last track. We're going to play the newest one, Sweet Treacle. Dirty hard rock riffs with um, (laughs) exciting vocals by Deborah Susan. I was responsible for writing the lyrics, so so I think it doesn't leave much to the imagination, that one. It's, but... it's a female <laughs> twist on the lemon song, the lemon put it song. that way. Yeah, it is. I got you. Ah. And, and, yes. and it's a bit, it's, if I understand my British slang a little bit, uh, sweet treacle is rather a redundancy in that uh, treacle can be interpreted to mean sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It, it isn't anything to do with pouring your pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being it's here with us today. Also. Thank yeah. you so much. We've appreciated you spending time with us and, you know, opening up and telling us about yourselves and your relationship and your music. And uh, we've really enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. Richie Dave Porter, Deborah Susan, and this is Sweet Treacle.
give you my sweet treat. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know how you like to sing along or try to sing along with the, with the songs? Uh, if you try it with that one and you try to sing along with Deborah Susan, you're going to hurt yourself. So <laughs> don't, don't even try it. I should mention, and we got so carried away talking with them that I, I overlooked one point I wanted to be sure and bring out, and I'll, I'll do that right now because we got a couple of seconds, and that is the fact that this song, which is not officially released yet, is already number two on Banks Radio Australia. And I understand they're doing very well in Australia with their previous hits. And this one is already number two on the Banks Radio Australia charts. So I think they definitely have a winner on their hands again. And we do look forward to following them and having them back on the show again in the future. In the meantime, I think, John Bon Jovi, it's time for you to take us home. Absolutely. And uh, before I do, uh, you know, Richie, if you're still listening out there, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but after listening to Sweet Treacle, I really want to meet your woman. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Hey, you know what? You did it again. You spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we are so grateful that you did exactly that. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and of course from the beautiful Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and we are available for free on most major streaming services. Be sure to follow the David Bowers Awards on Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, you know, all the usual places. And join us next week for the David Bowers Awards, Saturday at noon Eastern on WRFC FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial. That is Rochester Free Radio in Rochester, New York. And on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers Awards and Nick, our marvelously geeky engineer, I am yours truly, the lovably legendary John Bon Jovial, urging you to wash your hands, wear your mask, get your vaccination, and love each other. That's the most important thing. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.